0: Hey guys, Rachel here. So obviously it is the end of October, um, and for people that do celebrate, it's Halloween. Um, and also for most of us, it means it's the very end of racing season. Um, at least here, um, because it's now getting way too cold for it, for us to race. Um, I know... For example, today it's been extremely cold here, so now it's time to pretty much winterize, right, our racing equipment, um, or it means that we might be getting rid of racing equipment and moving into something different. Uh, For us, we're probably we're going to stay in the same thing. Um, You know, we're going to stay in the same car, but for other people, that might not be the case, and. In order to find what you need, you know, yeah, you could look on Facebook marketplace or whatever, but let's be real guys. That's a very limited selection. So where else do you go? You can go to racingjunk.com uh, and you can get a free account and uh, you can either buy or, or sell things on their site. And guys, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of listings. So trust me, you're not going to run out of things to find. So, uh, so yeah, guys, so go to racingjunk.com and they are the official classified of race wife unfiltered. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys welcome back to race wife unfiltered i am your host rachel thornhill and today we have a special guest with us she is the creator of she goes broom she's also a former formula woman participant and she plans on competing again in 2024 she's also a drift car racer and she also races carts so welcome grace hi grace hi hi i'm so glad you were able to come on and uh and share your story with everybody we actually haven't had anybody from the drift side um so it's so it's nice to have you know somebody else that's doing you know that on that side of motorsports because you know we just haven't had anybody on as a guest so yeah
1: so with drifting that's actually what got me started uh but i have been more focused on getting into endurance racing and getting into the competition for formula woman but that is what got me started in the for in the first place um i i found it so fascinating um, how people can have control on the track with drifting and i loved how that can I can bring that onto the track when I'm, I'm on Calabogie, for example, which is a, a 20 turn track. Um, and if at any point in time, you know, I had a little bit of oversteer, uh, my drifting experience was able to uh, apl- be applied in those moments. So I love how there's stages in my journey that contribute to the next part of that chapter
0: yeah it one it makes you a really versatile you know versatile driver because you know you're able to kind of pick up on things that other drivers don't you know especially with you having drifting experience that helps you like handle the car a lot better too because it's like you know if you're able to throw in you know a car sideways like that You have to have a lot of control, right? And so that would help you a lot, especially like, you know, road courses and things like that. So, no, I totally get it. I mean, honestly, it's a a different start than what most people do. So
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that... um when i got into uh, i went to a ladies only drift event uh, from hashiria ladies and it was an amazing experience for me because it's intimidating at first to even want to try anything in motorsport where majority of the group is men um and i wanted to be in an environment where i didn't feel any sort of judgment um especially Mm -hmm. as a beginner um someone who is doing it for the first time and, and trying to learn among other people who are much more experienced. Um, and I was very welcomed right from the get go um, by Emma, uh, the founder of Hashiria Ladies. And from that point, I, I've had a really good connection with her and being able to see other women who were interested in motorsport and that there was actually a place for people like me. And that I shouldn't be afraid to try something new and to venture into it deeper. So once I had that opportunity and and what they call the bug, um, I couldn't stop. I I went on the track and from that point, I couldn't, I I had to keep going. I have like this really big dream of becoming a race car driver and I really wanted to see how far I can take it. So any opportunity that I had, whether it was going to a drift event, um, watching drift events or going to practice at Kalaboke uh, with a coach, it was really important for me to take up all those opportunities and to really test myself and see just how much I can push it to become a reality.
0: Yeah. Um, and the fact that you mentioned the bug right it, it it's the weirdest feeling once you've experienced like even just going to a track even if you're not racing and you're just spectating it just i don't know it's it's weird feeling that just hits you and it's like we all kind of get what you mean like once you've been yeah. in racing for a little while it's like no matter if you're a spectator or if you are an actual driver There's just something about it; it becomes a part of your life, and you you'll like never get rid of it. (laughs) Oh,
1: it's it's funny you say it becomes a part of your life. Uh, So I have my driving shoes, and I have to wear my driving shoes all the time now. It's just it's a part of me. Um, So even as I'm driving, so let's say I'm driving a manual car, I'm Mm -hmm. "I'm gonna be comfortable. I'm gonna have my driving shoes, and at some point, even as I'm dressing up, I'm still wearing my driving shoes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I never leave the track, (laughs) or it looks like I'm going to the track
0: yeah and and, and that's funny that you didn't that um but you know what that would be amazing if somebody actually took that idea and ran with it and actually made driving shoes that look like really cute that it wouldn't matter and people <laughs> wouldn't know that they're driving shoes yeah
1: like, well what's interesting is that um because it kind of looks like a like a closed slipper it, it looks mm-hmm. like, like a button, right um and so people who do see the shoe and they're like kind of shoe is that my driving shoe (laughs) but you know it's it's different you know Mm -hmm. i mean if you want to look different it's definitely a different look uh but it's comfortable and i love how honestly at any point in time i don't have to change my shoes but i always do bring an extra pair just in case of the environment is a little bit more dressy right Uh, but it, it is definitely my lifestyle now so um even prior to all of this uh, i had enjoyed just driving aimlessly so i would spend you know a couple hours a day uh just to drive you know just Mm -hmm. enjoy a nice cruise Um, i i love the feeling of you know the wind through my hair and you know the speed or um you know the turns and certain curves of certain areas that i would go to Um, or if it was like a very quiet path and i would just have this road to myself it was very freeing and i really enjoyed that feeling um and it's funny because i think there's a lot of people who enjoy a nice drive but i think for me i had always imagined like what would this be like if this were a racetrack i wouldn't treat it like the racetrack i am responsible (laughs) but i would imagine oh what would this be like on a racetrack you know i i had all of these it like ideas and and thoughts about what a few, the future could be if Mm -hmm. I really took that step forward. So in 2022, that's when I decided, you know what, any opportunity, anything that came up that was related to motorsport, especially women in motorsport, Mm -hmm. I wanted to dive into it. So even the formula woman competition, I had just seen it online and I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to take this opportunity. It's a four or five hour drive away. And I told my family and said, hey, um, so I'm going to go enjoy this competition and I'm going to see how like how it goes and where it takes me. And I'll see how I feel based on it, because this will be the one chance I'll have to really know if I love it enough to push through. So once I got on that track, once I met all these other girls who are similar to me and the coach and the way the coach was talking, I really felt connected to it. And where people say that they get the bug, I just fell in love. And I knew right from that moment that this would be it. It's almost like when you see something from afar and you're like, "Um, I don't know if that's possible. So when I was... Mm -hmm you know, X amount of years ago, I would envision being on the track, but I never really thought that there was an opportunity for someone like me who didn't really have any friends in racing, um, who didn't really have a group that could lead me to that path mm-hmm. and so eventually i just started looking into it myself and once i was able to open that door for myself i realized that i can continuously do that for myself um, the hard part is trying to find those opportunities but once you you uh, network with other people meet the right people all of these doors just kept opening so i made sure even the the events that i wasn't a part of I was at least watching so I can observe and learn from other people. And that's something that was just as important. So I always made sure that I made every week count and doing something that would contribute to my growth and my learning
0: right and and no and that's definitely something that's really important um you know as a driver you know you're supposed to be constantly learning right you're not supposed to stay stagnant (laughs) you know yeah Um, absolutely and well especially um with you you know you mentioned that this was like since 2022 so like you know you're still pretty new to you know racing and everything and so yeah i mean why not you know try and constantly learn, you know, because I mean, you know, you've had a short career so far, but I mean, but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, I mean, but you know, you did start later in life, you know, you didn't start, you know, when you were like a a small child and stuff. (laughs) But in a way, though, and I've noticed that, that in, okay, so for example, with Jody Sloss, that was in formula woman as well. She had never driven a race car before that. Right. And the fact that she went and won formula One, I know,
1: it's amazing.
0: It's insane. And, but, but to me though, like, I think in a way it's a good thing that you started late because you didn't have to unlearn, like going from different car to different car because you know, Mm. you constantly have to move up. And so you have to, you end up picking up bad habits as a driver sometimes mm-hmm. and then you have to start unlearning all that but see you are a clean slate because you don't have to go and unlearn anything so yeah. yeah i've heard it's actually a lot harder if you've been in racing longer because you constantly are having to jump from different car to different car because you know you can only stay in a certain car for so long yes. whether it's because of age or you might want to just move up that Mm -hmm. yeah you're having to completely learn a totally different car you're having to unlearn things that you used to do in the other car that doesn't apply to the car that you're in now so in a way you kind of have an advantage by not by not starting out early because it's easier for you to really learn it because you have nothing else to
1: unlearn right <laughs> so yeah i and i agree with that uh where i feel like i have better judgment um uh, at this age mm-hmm. so when i started i really went full force i didn't take a month off the moment that i oh, got okay into, i got into the formula woman uh competition and i was i, I knew that this was something that was mm-hmm. for me I was going to take it seriously so i did start i i went karting um i mm-hmm. did that regularly just to understand you know uh, just race lines and just the feel of it and i wanted to have the opportunity to better understand every element when it comes to racing so from there i went uh sim training and i've worked with a couple different people when it came to sim training and mm-hmm. different styles and different approaches which i can really appreciate but like you said, like with my age and with where I'm starting at right now, I feel like I have good judgment as to, okay, this is as far as I can learn with this group, for example, and in order for me to evolve, I need to learn this. So I don't stay still for very long. I believe staying still to learn something that like progressively, but then when you reach a point where you're like okay i need to grow so for example carding i mm-hmm. could continue carding but i knew my ultimate goal was to be with within like formula woman again right. and while there is carding involved it is not kind of the primary focus so mm-hmm. experience of carding is good but then if i wanted to have more experience to better you know evolve my skills, I would have to work on sim, I would have to right. many hours seat time and use mm-hmm. a specific car that they were using. So I trained with the car and the specs, uh which is a scion FRS that they had when okay. they were doing the uh the competition here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so I I worked with uh, one coach to kind of get me to a certain level. And then the coach that was at the formula woman event became my coach. So after Ooh, okay. that, it was pretty amazing that we started off together. And then we're currently now together right. and I can really appreciate all of the time and coaching he's put into me because. He believes that I'm capable. And so we take the time doing some training. um, And then I go to Calabogie, the same track that we were on uh, every month during the track season. And I use the same car that we had used then, And I really feel like I'm evolving from that, but I also don't want to be so fixated on the same thing. So I do try to learn other things along the way. Um, and I, I observe, um, other people as to what they learn to become a better race car driver. So, um, I began doing, uh, cognitive and reaction training. So, oh, okay. that, so that there could be other elements that I'm improving on and kind of being one step ahead. So mm-hmm. anything that I could possibly do was really important for me and still is. So the competition upcoming is in April. And oh, okay. so I really wanna make sure that I have given everything up until that point and then give it more once I'm at the competition but I really feel like every week there is something that I'm doing to at least feel like I'm taking a step forward
0: yeah um and the fact that you're going back right like you know um to to compete again and so um and you mentioned the the last time that you competed, it was in Canada. Now, um, are you going to be competing in Canada again in 2024, or is it going to be somewhere else?
1: Yes, yeah, so they have, I, I don't know how many groups that they do, but they have a North American group. So the U.S. Oh, okay. and the Canadian group, they all come together for, uh, I believe it will be one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, then... They will narrow down a certain amount of people from that group and from the other groups i don't know the exact number for this upcoming year but let's mm-hmm. say it were 50 like last right. year and all of those 50 girls would then go to the uk and compete in the uk until okay. they have the winner which uh last year was alana who was a canadian which is amazing i've met her she's so wonderful
0: oh okay okay so 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 it's like so they you start in in canada and then yes. then if you're accepted then that's when you go to the uk okay, okay. yeah so
1: they narrow down based on like a grading system so mm-hmm. there's there's a bunch of tests and things that they do uh, to evaluate your skill level okay. in comparison to everyone else so you are competing with a lot of girls <laughs> so it's not just your north american group i mean you've got people from all over the world it's Right. Really- national competition. And so there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of girls who are a part of this. And then they narrow it down to let's say 50 or in and around that number. Mm -hmm. And then those Mm -hmm. girls go to the UK and then compete there. Uh, I don't know how long but yeah, let's say a week or so and then they narrow down who wins from there
0: right yeah um because i did uh interview like jody sluss and alicia barrett and they were you know they were in it and obviously now they yes. do the gt um cars yeah so um and yeah they were telling me like some yeah. of the stories like about the the competitions that you guys did like where yeah. you guys had to um race on a frozen lake like oh I, they
1: so that it's her group did that so there there's definitely that one is a separate mm-hmm. thing but yeah i have seen that and it looks pretty amazing
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, when she told me that i'm like wow that's like number one it's extremely dangerous because how do you know that the ice is going to possibly hold <laughs> up you know yeah. and then also i mean You I mean, I'm sure you can judge about how far it is, like going from one side to the next, but just going that fast on ice, that's really unpredictable, right? With tires and stuff. So I was like, wow, like I'm I'm surprised that they would just have you guys do that. And well, especially for Jody, she said that she was she she was like freaking out because she had never driven a race car before. And this is like one of the first things she has to do. And it's like, yeah. So I totally get where like she would be like, Oh my gosh, I actually have to go do this. Like I'm not even that great of a race car driver. Like I just just started, you know? Yeah. Uh So, I feel,
1: I feel like if you really love this sport, mm-hmm. give it everything, the possibilities are endless. Right. Like, it really is uh, skill and um, your determination to, to push through because there's, a lot of it is also mental, right? Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you didn't do well on your last lap or someone else, right. did you or you spin out, it, mm-hmm. it's about getting yourself back to that right mental state to be able to keep going. So that's why I started She Room. So for me, She Room is beyond just me. It's really to motivate other people to achieve their dreams. So I did initially started it as, you know, kind of documenting my behind mm-hmm. the scenes of, of getting into racing. But then at the same time, you know, what is what I like to be transparent about is that I'm on a journey, there's right. going to be moments where it's going to be difficult, mm-hmm. but to keep moving forward. So, I always say that to others is keep moving forward, even when it's challenging. Um, and just you, you know, if you love something and you really believe in it, don't worry about what other people say, it's right. all on you get you where you need to be. So for me, She Goes Room is a movement for other whether it's women or anybody else um, to just push through all of their dreams and um, ideas. So when I post stuff, I do a little bit of both I put motivational or inspirational quotes. Mm -hmm. um, And then I post some behind the scenes of myself. But I also make sure it aligns to what kind of my mission is uh, to uplift someone else who might need it at that time
0: yeah no and and you and i are on the same page because like obviously we follow each other and i love all your content because it's like well yeah like the motivational stuff is what is so important because you know being a race car driver is mentally taxing on you know on a person because yeah like you mentioned like there's going to be days that you're not going to perform well you know, you might crash out, you might, you know, get injured. You might, you know, whatever, but you have to have that mindset that like, you're going to recover, right. And go back because some people are out of the car for a while, you know, when they get injured, because I mean, let's just be honest. Murder sports is, is a dangerous sport, you know, and, but you know, racers know that going into it but it doesn't matter it's a passion right and so when you are doing something that you're truly passionate about you have to be able to like make yourself do it on days you don't even want to do it right (laughs) So yeah, so it's like, so you have to have like a a really good mindset to be able to do that. And it's like, if you're, if you don't, then, you know, you have to like, you have to unlearn like, what is causing you to not have that negativity and have and not have the mindset that you need to be able to move forward, right, because it starts from something, there's a root cause. Um, Absolutely. most of the time you know a lot of times we mask stuff right and we don't get to the root of the issue and then it's like that's why you're not able to actually you know move on with something if you truly if you truly want to do it because i mean you know unfortunately it's self-sabotage and a lot of us do it you know because it's like Mm -hmm. either we feel like we're not like it's not like we're not worthy of it or something you know and so it, you have to unlearn all of that. And then it's like, you can actually jump for it. Cause I had to do that, you know. And it's like, you know, and I'm 37, and it's like, I literally just did this, like with the podcast. The podcast is my pretty much way of getting out of that self sabotage, <laughs> you know, cause it was the only thing, this is the only thing that I've ever been like 100% consistent with. Mm -hmm. And so but obviously it was a passion of mine and I mean I have other passions too but like I kept giving up on it on them like I would self-sabotage those but this is the only thing that I never self-sabotage and so it's like I know you know for me that this is my calling is my life purpose and it's like for you you know racing is your life purpose you know it's something that makes you want to get up out of bed every morning right and and, is, and, do, yeah. and do what you want to do and you know yeah. it doesn't feel like work yeah so.
1: no absolutely and you know like when i share stuff you know the the most important thing like we're talking about mindset is mm-hmm. just being really honest about that um because what i think is from the outside especially with social media you see the glamorous ending right And that's why She Goes Room was important for me is I wanted to have a place where new beginners or someone who's like ready to start a venture that, you know, they haven't yet and Mm -hmm. they're a little bit scared or they're in the process, but they're a little bit not as motivated because everyone else is doing so well and they're comparing themselves. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to come and see mine and being like, okay, this is actually Not an easy task for everyone. This is not just you get into it and you're magically a superstar or Mm -hmm. you're magically on podium. There's a lot of hard work required to get there. And so I like to show that. So, you know, while a lot of people like to show the ending of like, okay, I I won my first race. I like to show when I'm going sim training, for example, and I'll show you know behind the scenes of going the sim, and it's almost you know, so repetitive that people are seeing it over and over again, but it's for them to understand that this is not overnight. Right. And I I do get messages privately after posting some of my behind the scenes or posting some of my inspirational quotes, which are really honest, by the way, mm-hmm. sometimes people put inspirational quotes that are almost too unrealistic <laughs> and it, it's it's like you know what people don't, don't just go from here to here mm-hmm. sometimes they have struggles and i like yeah. to acknowledge that you know i like to acknowledge that people might not have a great day and that's okay your feelings are valid and you know what maybe you just need one day to rest but then the next day like get back at it you know that's a real like that's real right you know right if someone right. has a moment it's okay to have that. A lot of people beat themselves because they're like, I'm not perfect. I didn't get up mm-hmm. today, but maybe they just needed that. And so with She Goes Room, it's always moving forward. So if you're moving forward is, you know, a, a three hour nap and then you do your thing, that's okay. That's your pace. And that's what you needed to keep keep on moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think that was what's important for me is, you know, at the end of all of this is that I motivate one person at least. And one person comes to me and says, hey, I started carding because I saw all your posts. I was really scared at first because I don't know anybody in the carding world. And um it's not something I've ever tried ever, but there's something about it. And I was inspired by your post to Take that step forward, and that's all I'm like. That's all I could ever wish for is that mm-hmm. someone will watch something of mine and feel like this is the time for them to to uh, take that first initial step, or to at least get up in the day and say, okay, you know what? We got over this situation, and it's time to pick myself back up and the, fix the mindset to kind of reset.
0: Right. Yeah, um, and I agree with you. Like when it comes to social media it's so hard to like kind of like pick through like the stuff that's just noise right yeah um and so a lot of people have like their this weird like i guess unrealistic expectations when it comes to life now because of social media too <laughs> because obviously people are just showing mainly the good stuff and not the you know not what got them there which means it's going to be a lot of up and downs Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't show the down part right because Mm -hmm. it's like nobody wants to like really put themselves out there to show the downside of things Mm -hmm. um and i think because of that obviously it's not authentic and it makes it harder, especially for, I would say more like the younger generation, because, they're, because they grew up heavily on social media, right? Yes, I mean, because TikTok, Vine, you know, Musical.ly, whatever, you know, and all of that. Um, so I think because of that, they have even more of an unrealistic expectation when it comes to life, because all they really know is what they see on the internet you know, and I mean, I have, I have younger, younger, my daughters are 18 and 15. So I I've kind of seen it myself, you know, raising them, um, how they have, I mean, luckily, my husband and I have been able to teach them pretty well. But even so, like there was certain things that you could tell that there's a disconnect between generations when it comes to certain things, because it's what they've seen on the internet and so they assume that that's real life sometimes And and it's not like a lot of that stuff is staged and a lot of people are not authentic on social media and so it's being able to have that discernment and i don't think a lot of the younger generation you know, sometimes, you know, but that's, that's a growing experience, right? I mean, when you're very little or whatever, you don't always know, you know, what's right and what's wrong. I mean, even as adults, we don't, (laughs) you know, we can still make the wrong decision, but we're a little bit wiser, obviously the older we get, but when you're a child, you know, you can easily be manipulated and easily be, you know, convinced that, something is real when it's not yeah. and so it's like yeah it's just being able to use discernment just in this world period um, is what you have to do other than that you get consumed with things that either don't matter or things that are not going to help you get to where you want to be because it can keep you you know it can keep you stagnant in life too because that means you could end up being around the wrong people. And obviously your inner circle makes a huge difference in how you and how you maneuver throughout the world. Because if you're around just people that are constantly negative all the time and they, you know, and they constantly like either tear themselves down or sometimes tear you down too, because, you know, they'll be like, why are you going to go and do that? Like, that's crazy. Like that doesn't make any sense, you know, like. Um, and be honest, I don't know if you've ever dealt with that, but I know like my husband's dealt with it because he races himself yes. and people will be like, why would you go do that? Like, you're just going around in circles. Well, cause I mean, he drives, he, dri- he yeah. does dirt, right? So it um, is, but you know, for you, I mean, if you're doing road courses, that's, that's different. Obviously, you know, it's not, not every road course is the same. They're all different, but obviously on o- oval yeah, you're just going, you are going around in circles, but it's still like people don't realize how hard that truly is mm-hmm. at those speeds. And also just how much it takes, like one, eight on a driver's body, just to do any of that yes. Like people don't understand the behind the scenes stuff. And I think that's one great thing about social media right now is that a lot of drivers are starting to show that. And and I think that is helping people truly start to understand what drivers put themselves through, like on a regular basis, you know, whether it's training or, you know, just, you know, just them racing, like what all the preparation that happens and and stuff. And I think a lot of people didn't really know, you know, they just see what's on TV. Yeah. And that's it.
1: That's, that's exactly it. And, um, you know, between you and I, and I think we have kind of the same vision in terms of showing people kind of the behind the scenes and um, sharing other stories, mm-hmm. right? Um, because people only know the ending. Um, I When I do a lot of my behind the scenes, because I'm, for the most part, there are some circumstances that um, I have been shot, mm-hmm. but for, for the most part, I'm shooting myself, whether it's a tripod okay. or a you know with a stick right um so i find ways to document myself the best that i possibly can uh, but something that was really big for me besides keep moving forward as one of my phrases that i use mm-hmm. is to keep showing up so something that i i like I, I like to kind of make myself a little bit more open than what people are used to is that i'm a loner <laughs> <laughs> i go i go to these events just because i'm so focused on what i'm there for mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who's there or who's not yeah. so like you were saying about circle i have an extremely small circle of people that i'm close to and thankfully the people that i am close to are completely supportive of mm-hmm. what i do and you know whether they understand it or not they're never negative about it right. i do know that you know there are probably other people on the sideline that are questioning things but they don't <laughs> say it to me directly right. um, but i feel like i really like close the noise from around me and focus on what what i have to do and where i am and why i'm there so i go to for example i did a race academy Mm -hmm. and it was 60 ish 60 up cars and all of them maybe there's like three women (laughs) me Mm -hmm. being one Mm -hmm. and i filmed me walking around among like all these men in all these cars and it, and there's nothing wrong with you know being only one of three women in a group of right. men it's just the it's just the idea that sometimes others might not be so comfortable because mm-hmm. they have no one to connect to so right. again it's not it's not a male versus a uh, female thing it's more of i don't have friends in that environment mm-hmm. and i just put myself out there And i remember going to it's a high performance driving uh group that i go to pretty often uh, on the track and the group always changes so Mm. i'm a part of an advanced group and i never know what cars are going to be on the track or who's going to be on the track and even even as i was going there and i didn't know anyone as i noticed week after week i was i was going there they started recognizing me for showing up Mm -hmm. and so they would be like, hi, Grace, and eventually there was like the greetings and eventually right. they understood what I was doing They eventually they started asking questions. Mm-hmm. I was pretty quiet in the beginning because I felt like I had to kind of prove myself to be there oh, you know? okay. yeah. I, that that I, I, I am worthy of being a part of this group, you know, mm-hmm. so I didn't have much conversation with people. I really wanted to showcase my skills so they understood why I'm there. I'm not just right. There for fun to go on the track and and uh, do laps like I was Mm -hmm. being very competitive and trying to improve my lap time every single time so by the x amount of sessions at the end of it I have this whole new group of supportive racing friends and it's been incredible because at the end of the day I you know I didn't have to explain myself Mm -hmm. I just kept showing up And so every time I show videos of me alone, just wandering, not, you know, talking to anyone, the girls almost feel like, wow, I can't believe you just went by yourself. And I'm like, you can too. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I love to show because they always feel like, I don't know how you can do that or, oh, I can't go to this event because. I don't have anyone to go to. No, you can by yourself if you really wanted to, and you you feel like this is for you and you love it, you really don't need an, to go with anyone. And so that's something that I feel was really important to show because a lot of times we find excuses. And mm-hmm. I really like to show that in life, you'll you can find excuses, you can find reasons not to do things. But you can also find reasons to do things. So I try to do the reverse and be and say, instead of saying I can't it's like, how can I? Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: how can I get to this event? It's five hours away. How can I make this three hour event work, even though I have such a busy schedule, I will find a way. How can I do 60 hours of SIM training? I will find a way. So it's always about finding a way to do things. um, and not always looking at the negative side of it, even though racing, for example, like you said is a very dangerous sport you know know what you're getting into And i remember getting uh i was uh in a coaching session and doing my training and there was a car that had slid out into the grass and we're all very fast and it all happened very quickly Mm -hmm. and my coach very quickly just said you're okay we can keep going and that always stayed with me it's like okay just be aware you're okay and and almost instant reaction, you want to break down when something goes wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. But you
1: need, in, the, in that moment, you have to like pick yourself back up and remind yourself that you're okay, you know, yeah. Just keep going. So I, I I feel like I want to show that not everything is perfect, but also when things are not perfect, how can you pick yourself back up from that?
0: yeah um and honestly i love that you brought up about the whole thing of not making excuses and that you can do it alone because i felt like you called me out in the middle of that (laughs) (laughs) no reason why i say that is because it's like especially doing things alone um that is something that like i've always been scared of doing you know like and it's because like I've been with my husband for 18 years. Right. So it's like, I've always want to do stuff with him. And so like, I didn't always do stuff alone. Um, and so I had to kind of learn and like pretty much the podcast is my own thing, you know, like that kind of became my own thing. Cause it's like, I didn't really have my own thing to do. Like he had his thing. Cause like he has iRacing. So like he does that. Yeah. But I didn't really have anything for me. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's why I started the podcast, because I was like, like, I want to be a part of motorsports in some way, but I don't want to be a, a racer because I don't want to drive. Like, that's just not this is not something that I want to do. But I was like, I but I didn't really know what I could do because unfortunately, like a lot of um, a lot of like Media and things like that. Like you have, they want you to have like a bachelor's degree in like journalism or communications or or something like that. And so I didn't have that type of background. And so I'm like, what can I do that can still contribute to the motorsports industry in some way? Mm-hmm. And especially, I wanted to make sure that I catered to women in motorsports because obviously women in motorsports are still the minority and they don't always get to share their stories and there's a lot of women that you know um are in different types of motorsport and also some that are not public figures that don't really get any type of media time because they might just be like a local racer at like their local track and i feel we all have stories that you know, that need to be told. And so it doesn't matter. And like, for me, you can be somebody that's on TV all the time, like in NASCAR or NHRA or Formula One or whatever, because I mean, I've interviewed some of them. But I've also interviewed people that just races their local tracks every week, you know, yes, because yeah. they ha- they deserve to be able to, you know, share their stories as well. And yeah, even absolutely. Even though, you know, they may not move up, you know, because some people are just okay, with just racing at the local track every week and not, you know, and not going not trying to be the next Danica Patrick or Susie Wolf or anything like or the next Lynn St. James or anybody like that, you know, some of them are just wanting to just, you know, just race locally, you know, every single week and there's nothing wrong with that but obviously they're not gonna get you know they're not gonna get to share their stories you know very often unless they really put themselves out there and some sometimes they don't like they don't even think about trying to you know share their stories with other people like you know on a like on a podcast or anything like that so yeah yeah yeah
1: and i understand that and um i think the reason why i really want to share stories because not everyone is going to be kind of jumping out to be like hey tell me your story so Mm -hmm. the best thing that i can do is share my own story and then whoever gravitates to it will um and in your case you're searching for those stories and sharing it uh about other people and that's amazing because i think everyone has a really great story and i like that everyone has a different journey Mm -hmm. so that's another thing is that I kind of have a disclaimer that while I do share my process, it's not going to be the same for everyone. So take what you feel is suitable for you, Mm -hmm. but just remind yourself that uh, while we are in competition with each other, let's say in the formula women group, um, we are still individuals kind of going at our own pace and Mm -hmm. at our own learning journey. Um, And one person might be really great at karting, and one person may be great at sim and you know, different cars and such. So, everyone should be able to accept that at this stage in their life, this is what they're working on and this works <laughs> and don't worry about if someone else is higher than you, that's their journey, right? Right. So that, that's extremely important and you sharing those stories allows people to see a glimpse of the different areas or the different process that people might have <laughs> and that there's not just like one tunnel vision way. Right
0: exactly and also sometimes people only see like these people that are like you know in nascar and nhra and stuff and think that you know a stereotypical type journey you know like oh their parents probably had a ton of money things like that you know because obviously it is i mean it's so expensive to be in nascar and to move up but some of these women have backstories that you would never believe because some of them, no, they did not come from money. They, they literally had to work their way up and it took them a long time. Like Mm -hmm. there, I mean, one lady that I interviewed, um, Dina, she, she didn't get jumped into a drag car until her late forties. She's in her fifties. And mm-hmm. because it's, what happened is before that she was a professional ice skater for the ice Yeah. Skates. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and she met her husband and her husband was, you know, racing and drag, you know, drag car and she wanted to do it. And then she turned over her career as a professional, you know, I love that. Mm-hmm. and became a full-time, you know, drag racer. So yeah, um, I mean, so she started, you know, a lot later in life than what most people do, because most people are like, leaving the car, right, by yeah. that time and not jumping into one. And so she, you know, she has a totally different journey. And, and that was something that we talked about is like, you know, she even said it. it is like, you're never too old to start over.
1: Absolutely. Like,
0: and it, it's funny because like a lot of people don't realize that like even in Hollywood like there's a lot of people that didn't like Vera Wang didn't make her first dress until she was fifty. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh I love I love that one. That's right.
0: She was like yeah. I think she was like fifty two when her first dress you know was debuted Like and Vera Wang is I mean everybody knows who Vera Wang is. You don't even have to like you don't even have to be into fashion to know who she is. Yeah. And and right there it tells you that you don't have to be, you know, like you don't have to be like a certain age and then like if you didn't do something that oh I'm too old now. I just have to settle and not do what I want to do. Like you can you can start over and you can like do do something that you're truly passionate about. Like I mean I'm prime example. I'm 37 and like I I'm just starting over. Like I mean, because I started the podcast in December mm-hmm. of last year. And Aww. so I haven't even made it here yet. But yeah. the thing is, the way that it is growing, I mean, there's a reason why it's growing the way it is, yes. is because so many women want to share their stories. Like I haven't had a woman told me no tell me no, you know. <laughs> because, yes. because they all want to share their stories because they don't other than that, they don't really get a lot of media to be able to like. There's not really any platforms for them. Um, I mean, there's a couple podcasts that cater to women in um, motorsports, but they don't cover all of them. They only cover like either um, if they if they actually drive a race car, they'll you know they'll cover them, but they, but they don't interview the race wives. I'm the only one that does that, which oh, wow. is really odd to me yeah. <laughs> because. You would think that racewives would be interviewed because i mean they literally are the partner of the race car driver and we do so much behind the scenes yeah, that people don't realize yeah. like we're not just there in the stands or in the pit area just you know sitting there looking pretty we don't we do a lot um yes. you know whether that's you know, if if they're doing this full time, a lot of times the they're the business manager. They're like running the whole entire team, you know. Yeah. Um, or if it's not a full time thing, you know, still you're still an accountant because you're still making sure that they're not overspending. And I know yes. I've been there. <laughs> I've had to tell him like you're not spending another dime this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, on because obviously let's be real we've picked an expensive hobby Mm -hmm. because racing is (laughs) not cheap
3: yeah
0: you know but but i mean but it you know it's it's something that once you've been doing it because my husband's been racing since he was eight
3: Mm. so
0: he was in racing when i met him and so you know um and i met him when i was it's it's so crazy that we've been together that long but i mean i was 18 19 you know and so it's like that was the first thing he told me he was like i'm i'm gonna let you know right now that i raised and if this is not something that you are into like we, we shouldn't even go the, any further right because you know because it's a big part of his life and yeah. he's been in it for so long and i'm like look i'll be honest i'm like i don't have anything against it because i don't know anything about it mm-hmm. <laughs> because i didn't grow up around racing that was not something that my family was ever into or even exposed me to so i had no idea i knew what nascar, NASCAR. was only because some people at school would talk about it mm-hmm. and so yeah. i knew you know and also like you know it, I probably like saw it a couple of times when I flipped through channels on the TV or something, but you know, I didn't, I didn't sit and watch it, but the only thing in the motor that I knew about was like, you know, dirt bikes, like motocross and stuff, because the X games was really popular at that time. You know, I mean, that was when you had like. Travis Pastrana and Brian Deegan and, you know, all of those people, that, you know, back then Jeremy McGrath, you know, all of those guys, when it was almost normalized on television to where, you know, because MTV had a lot to do with that. So that was why I knew about it. I knew about that, but I didn't know anything about it. NASCAR at all. I just knew of it and then I didn't know anything about dirt because he's always racing on dirt. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know anything about this, but I'm but I'm willing to like be open minded about it. Yeah. And i was and now it's a part it's been a part of my life for 18 years <laughs>
1: that's amazing yeah but i love that he was transparent with you because i'm i'm much like that mm-hmm. so from the get-go and i think what we talked about earlier is also with age right you know right when you're younger it's almost like people have to tell you what to do and you can't really decide like right what, what's the next step for mm-hmm. you but i think I feel because I'm, I don't want to say wiser, but I I would like to say a little bit more aware Mm -hmm. that I, I constantly evaluate everything and what is my next best move suitable for me. And I think that was really important because like we said earlier that a lot of people just follow footsteps of someone Mm -hmm. else, it might not be suitable for them. So I constantly evaluate every week or every month, what is the next best step for me in order to, Kind of be forward in the next few months so i had to have a small circle and in my small circle when i decided to really push this seriously i right. I'm, my life is like you know work uh you know personal life and
2: mm-hmm.
1: racing to be honest and so i had told anyone within my very small circle that i'm gonna have a lot of time devoted to this so i don't have much time and I don't want anyone to be upset. I wanna make sure that I'm transparent, that the fact that if I have to go to the track on this day or this day, I'm not available, I'm not gonna move it, it's Mm -hmm. gonna happen and it wasn't to be mean or anything right I wanted everyone to be on the same page because this is important to me Mm -hmm. and I've never really voiced myself out about something so passionately everything else was you know working with everybody else's schedule Mm -hmm. but I made sure that whoever was still around with me understands how important this is for me and luckily everyone has again small circle so there's not much to you know ask I don't ask approval but you know to tell that Mm too and So even when I'm working with someone, I make sure that I'm very clear that, you know, yes, I I want to progress. So whatever we need to do together to get to that next level or next step, (laughs) I'm here to work really hard. And then if there is something else that I need to move on to, I'll make sure I'll let you know that I need that in order for me to evolve. And I will always make sure from the beginning, I'm just very open about my feelings about progression i really don't like to stay still so even with the carding i wanted to experience it i wanted to understand it and i wanted to continuously beat my lap times mm-hmm. and then i went and i did a carding academy and then i was like okay you know what this is phase one not to say that it's done forever i will go carding in, in winter time when everything is closed right I, then i decided you know just like you said motorsport is really expensive so i i budget you know i allocate a certain budget towards every month or every few months that what is important for me in this budget how can i use it wisely so i invest into x amount of months on sim which is also not very uh inexpensive (laughs) and uh From there, then I wait until track time. Then I did the race academy on the track and I did um, these HPDE days. And so every time I was training, that was a big part of my budget. So I knew that if there was anything that was smaller, I would have to rework that into fall or winter Mm -hmm. and, and just balance life. But it's all about management. And I think that if I was a little bit younger, X amount of years ago, I would have difficulty balancing that that race life and personal life and work life because I would be so overwhelmed. But I think I'm at a point now where I understand this is priority and this is important for my my path and how not to get influenced very easily. And by you showing other people's stories is really great because it really does showcase how many different ways and that you can get into motorsport and what different types of races there are that welcome, you know, whether women older or women mm-hmm. in different types of racing or dirt racing, et cetera. And that there are, there really is not just one way and right. I love that. And I love that you gave me this opportunity to share this story of mine, because I really did come from nothing. Like I, I knew I've always loved cars mm-hmm. for many years. I never knew opportunities that were there for women in racing. And the more that there's people like yourself who are sharing stories of women in motorsport, the more other people like me and you know, before me or next generation, mm-hmm. will be able to see that, Hey, other women are in motorsport. So can I. Right. right. And it's about continuously seeing that. And, and I see that right now, not that it's a, phase, not that it's a trend. It's the fact that women are now getting more exposure with motorsport more than ever. Right. And I, I really admire that how we are not just all trying to put all our information out there. And then, you know, there's, there's no hate. It's really a beautiful competition of, of women who are all trying to get into motorsport and <laughs> very supportive as well, which I didn't know what to expect when I had met a lot of other people who are in the same as myself but the support system has been incredible uh, absolutely incredible so i want to give that back in my process to the next person who might need it
0: yeah no and i agree with you like i i love the racing community as a whole but especially the women in the racing community because yeah. of how supportive they all are of each other yes because it's definitely a different atmosphere because mo- you know cuz most of the time you know with some sports like there are women that are in it that are almost too competitive to where they they don't know how to you know kind of separate themselves from that and actually be able to be friends with people that yeah. they are also competing against but yeah. I notice it's totally different in the racing community. Mm-hmm. The women are very supportive of each other. It's so different. And and that's what I love about it. And I and that's also why like um I I love doing this podcast because it's like I get to speak with other women that are in this community that I would never like I would have never been able to meet possibly if it wouldn't have been through this podcast, you know? And uh and it's like i've actually made friends with some of you know with some of the women you know that have been my guests because it's like we start talking because i make this normal like it's not uh, formal so it's yeah. like we just kind of bounce off of each other right it's more improv but it's really yeah. good because it's like you can tell what conversations are extremely real and authentic mm-hmm. and which ones aren't right yes. because it's like you vibe with certain people and and you can tell with certain ones it's like oh like this is a, this is like really good like we're talking about amazing stuff like yeah. you know yeah. and we're comfortable with each other and so yes. i i noticed that like the women in just in this community are just completely different and i love that they all support each other and i also did this because being you know, a race wife and being behind the scenes and seeing, you know, what goes into this day in and day out, and stuff. It's like, honestly, we have to, we're like a different breed of women, because we have to be because it's like, you know, the mint, the mint, you know, the mindset that you have to be in day in and day out, whether it's your spouse that's on the track, or it's you that's on the track, right? Um you have to be able to be calm and collected and you know all of that and not freak out and be extremely stressed out or be negative all the time right because it's like it, there's so much stuff that goes on so you have to have a decent mindset to be able to do that and be very disciplined Um, and obviously just being a racer too like you know you have to be physically disciplined <laughs> as well because i mean you've got to work out you've got to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. so yeah like it's just just being in the racing community you have to be extremely a very disciplined person period (laughs) 100%
1: there's days where you know I'm like oh I don't know know if I feel like working out or I don't Mm -hmm. know if I feel like eating a certain thing but I remind myself you know I'm really all in in this and when I decided to take it seriously I really told myself you know if you don't make it again you need to know that you gave it everything right but even so i would still find other areas of where i fit right Mm -hmm. but what was important is that when i didn't make it to the uk Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it didn't deter me if anything it set this fire you know like what do i need to do to get myself to the finals what do i need to do to get to the uk and So from that point on, I was like, I was going to do absolutely anything. So on the days where I don't feel like doing something specifically that will benefit, whether it's sim, uh, eating well, working out or or, um, cognitive uh, reaction training, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what, why are we doing this? And I always have to remind myself the whys. It, it's you know, why did I want to start this? I love it, and there's this goal, this dream, this 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 crazy dream that mm-hmm. you know I decided one day that I was going to take seriously. So every time I have that self talk, self talk, self talk is really important. By oh yeah. The way. <laughs> and um, I I feel like people miss out on that. They're just so easy to put themselves down in that moment, but then yeah. Like, realize do you just kind of talk yourself through the whole thing then you realize you know you are capable and um, mm-hmm. once you kind of pick yourself back up then you can do anything and and it's weird because we talk about you know like sometimes uh, people on social media put like unrealistic things yeah. but i don't feel like a dream is unrealistic so i do want mm-hmm. to clarify that yeah i feel like dream you can dream whatever you want mm-hmm. and you can achieve it as long as you're willing now, right. where the unrealistic part is when people seem like there's never a downtime because mm-hmm. that part is like, people have that and that's normal. People spin out, people do all of that. And it's just about the mindset of how to get, pick yourself back up after that. So I think that's a good, important clarification there for people who hear that because yeah. um, there is a really big difference between the two and, mm-hmm. but it, it really is something that I feel when people realize that they're unstoppable,
0: you know? Yeah. definitely no um i i agree with you it's like when you are passionate about something you have to find ways you know to to constantly put in action because you can't just i mean because like you know i know and depending on like what your spiritual background is you know people will just say well you know pray on it or whatever right but you that's not exactly how it works like you can't yeah definitely I mean prayer meditation all of that is really great tools but in order for you to get somewhere you have to put some type of action towards it like you can't just sit there being stagnant you know everything's energy like we have to put energy out to get something back you know you give to receive and so it's like you have to give some type of action towards that goal in order for things to start you know going going down the path that you're truly wanting to go down but you have to do something first to get there and you know you have to take that leap of faith like and for some people that's hard to do like it's hard to take that risk on themselves especially if it's something and i i was the same way like I was a major people pleaser, I constantly did not do what I wanted to do. I always catered to everybody else. And so, and also being a mom, I kind of fell into like that identity crisis of like who I was as a person, because I constantly put everything into my children that I didn't really know who I was as a person, like as a solo person, because I've always been very codependent, I had always been very codependent. And I had always been putting everything into my marriage and my children. Right? So it got to the point where, when they got older, when my kids got older, and they were able to kind of, you know, fend for themselves a lot more without me, right? Um, I kind of went through this weird spiritual awakening. And I'm like, I don't really know who i am as a person like i know who i am physically but my interests what i truly want to do with my life like i've been just going through the motions you know just being in certain jobs and things like that and like but not not really being fulfilled i was just working to make money because obviously i'm an adult and we have to adult yeah. right <laughs> so, yeah, of course. you know yeah. and that's all i wasn't thinking i wasn't truly like panning out a career for myself or anything like that so every time you know when a, an employer like when you come up for your performance review and they're always like asking you what your goals are or like what you plan on doing within five years and i would freeze because they never would know and also i didn't know if i truly wanted to be there five years from now right because yeah. i was probably almost at that point of burnout again mm. so I'm um, you know i that's kind of how my life has always been it's like i'll now the granted the job that i'm at right now um is like i've been there for seven years but That was a job that, yeah, I stayed with it because it's a good job. I mean, it is. And I work remote and I've been working remote forever. So for seven years, so I was working at home before people were even doing it. So I'm like, I love that I get to work from home, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't really, I don't really do anything, you know, like it's not, it's not, it's not really something that I enjoy doing. The the job I don't enjoy. It's not something that fulfills me. This fulfills me. The podcast is the thing that I love doing. And like for me, this is what I want to do forever. Like I would be able to do this full time. I, you know, I quit tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Like if I had the income coming in, I would literally quit tomorrow. Like i wouldn't even think twice um so because that's just how much i love it is i would I literally quit tomorrow i would i wouldn't even think twice i'd just be like okay i'm done <laughs> well that's
1: that's how you know you love it right yeah and you're willing to do kind of the extreme uh opposite of what your current situation mm-hmm. right yeah um, Yeah, just like with anything, you know, I tell people whether they're on my page regarding racing or or they just like the motivational talk, you could be interested in anything and it will still apply Um, because at the end of the day you have to live your life (laughs) Mm -hmm. so there are other people who depend on you there are other people who might need you and that's fine that's the the balance of life but at the end of the day you know we have x amount of years in our life and Mm -hmm. you know you got to experience certain parts for you and when i went on this journey i knew that this is something that i love and so i wasn't going to take any you know any event or any opportunity i wasn't going to allow it to just pass me by i was Mm -hmm. going to you know, figure it out along the way. And that's another thing is that I don't have everything planned out, even though I'd like to, I can't. So something I tell people, too, is is that you're going to have to learn how to go with the flow and Mm -hmm. you're going to have to know which flow you're going at that time. And then there are times some doors will close and you can't be deterred. You have to open a new door for yourself Uh, as long as you keep having that goal. I I read I heard this quote, it says change, uh, change the plan, not the goal so then you always have that constant goal but you can change the plan along the way you can take different routes but as long as you have this shiny uh, idea of what this end-all dream is you'll mm-hmm. still need it, even if you have to make little detours
0: right and yeah. i love that you said that because i actually watched a youtube video the other day that was talking about that
1: so, Oh, okay
0: um, yeah so jules accree i love her um and so you know she mainly i don't know if you watch her um but she um normally talks about like self-care stuff productivity things like that and um and that was one thing that she was talking about in her latest vlog was that how now since she came back like she went on a trip and so she had came back but she went to she went to south korea with her mom and she had came back and she was and she was talking about how like when she got back it made her realize that like she was almost too strict with her routines Mm -hmm. to where it's like it didn't give room to just like breathe and just to be sometimes Mm -hmm. and so she was talking about how like she's starting to be more mindful of like okay yeah there's certain tasks that she has to get done during the day but when she does them she's not as so like strict about okay, well, I have to get this done by this time or this time. She gives herself room for pretty much, like she said, for pretty much ebb and flow. And that made so much sense to me because I was like, you know, I was always extremely strict about that stuff. And it would stress me out if I didn't get things done like at mm-hmm. that specific time. But the fact that if I just made like a list, like, and that's what she was talking about, like she'd just make a list of like, what she had to do during that day. But as long as she got everything done on that, on that list it didn't matter what time it was done at as long as it got done and i think i think that's like we need to give ourselves a little bit more well actually grace right <laughs> so you know give yeah. give ourselves grace like we have to be more you know mindful about that like not put so many restrictions on ourselves because and then that's what she was saying because she's like nobody's really putting that restriction on you you're putting it on yourself like unless like you have like a meeting at a certain time or something like that that has to be done on a certain like you know time interval but other than that if it's something a task that you gave yourself you're forcing that on yourself yeah. And it's like, you know, and sometimes we don't really think about that. Like, we just kind of like, set up a schedule because it's like, Oh, well, I need to make sure I get this this, this and this done. But as long as you get it done before, like, if you're ending your day at like 10pm, as long as you get everything done before 10pm, does it really matter what time it's done? Right. And right. so yeah, it it's it, it, it just like, it just like hit me i'm like oh my gosh you know i do that all the time like i'm constantly trying to like force a timeline you know and you really don't have to i mean it's that's you choosing to force that on yourself so
1: it's it's great that you say that uh because yeah there's a lot of people who are really strict on that and it's hard to explain that very easily because then people are like oh what do you mean i shouldn't be strict on myself then how am i going to get things done and you tell me that i have to keep moving forward yes and no right. <laughs> so there, i have a, uh, a day list a week list a month list and an overall dream list got oh, it so yeah there's these four lists and i find this really important for me to explain to people uh in my professional life organization and management is really important so the day list, I have kind of set these realistic goals of let's say 10 tasks that I need to achieve that day. <laughs> I have kind of this like 80% uh, acceptable uh, completion. Mm. Of course, the goal is to have it 100%, but I'm not gonna hate myself if I only achieve eight out of 10. So right. that, there was there's this like flexibility of, okay, I have my list of 10 things. Of course, it would be perfect if I could achieve those 10 things. If I don't, in within my daily goals, I will just move over that one or two tasks to the next day. But oh, as okay. I look at, as I look at my week tasks, I kind of acknowledge that maybe Friday is really busy. So mm-hmm. just mentally, I know that if I'm kind of, you know, having a difficult time getting everything done the first two days, it's okay. But keep in mind, if I don't work really hard on the third day, my fourth or fifth day might be a little bit challenging. So then at that point, then I just kind of self-manage and work what feels right for me at that time right i think what's great about uh seeing you completing tasks just reminds yourself that you're still progressing because Mm -hmm. some people they're like oh i didn't do this i didn't do that but what did you do right so what did you accomplish and did you congratulate yourself for that so when you do the eight of ten things you did eighty percent of the things right Mm -hmm. yes if you got a hundred percent that's amazing but eighty percent Maybe you're 80, maybe you're, I heard this somewhere because I listened to so many things, (laughs) maybe you're 80% that day was a hundred percent for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe that 80%, maybe you, your, your 80% of your list was really your hundred percent. Maybe you really gave it everything, but Mm -hmm. you really and truly could only do eight things. So you can't be so hard on yourself that you didn't do the extra two things because maybe tomorrow you put that tomorrow and then you have this extra 110% that you're able to achieve it. So visually seeing your achievements is extremely important and, um, being aware of what you did and kind of pat on the back and then moving forward and then the month goal is being able to see where the bigger tasks are or the bigger goals are and then there's this like far away goal but the far Mm -hmm. away goal the reason for the month goal is to be able to see where can you input something that's that you can apply that will help benefit that bigger dream right so the the smaller tasks are really just to do but then you have these bigger goals in the month that will aid and and assist you towards the bigger dream. So I always like to look at those things. So I have, I'm, I'm in my home office and I have just like walls <laughs> and boards of things. And I like to keep um, even wristbands. So if I go on the track, I like to keep that because it reminds me that, hey, you went on the track X amount of times, look at all of these wristbands, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's that little, um, Pat on the back, you did it, you know? Maybe you didn't get to go to one of them because something with the car or the weather, but look at all these other ones. So it's the, the constant reminder not to be too hard on yourself, but also not to be so slack that you really don't do anything. But when right. you do see what you've accomplished so far, that might've been your 100%, even if mm-hmm. it wasn't 100% of the list.
0: Right, yeah, no, and I agree with you. Because it's like, you know, some days are going to be where Hey, like twenty percent was your hundred percent, right? Yes, like because yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that we all have bad days. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if we're ill or something and it's like like you should be proud that you got out of bed and like yeah. you got food, <laughs> right? You know, right. like yeah. so I mean, there's there are those days and I mean like and that's and that's like I actually said that in my YouTube video that I, that I had posted, um, um, that like, I'm proud of you for just getting out of bed in the morning. Right. Like, because yeah. sometimes that's what we need, like people, like we're, you know, we're not going to be a hundred percent every single day yeah. and we're not, we're not machines, right so we're we're not going to be and so we have to be okay with not being okay sometimes and we have to be you know okay with i might not get anything done today Mm -hmm. like i might be in bed all day like i might just get up to get food and then that's it and then go back to bed and like we have to be okay with being still and like listening to our bodies because a lot of us don't <laughs> and and I, and a lot of it is because of and i know some people are probably going to be like why are you hating on this but hustle culture it really does because when you're constantly grinding like that you don't listen to your body you tend to end up letting your body like fend for itself you know and you don't and you don't listen you don't pick up on those cues because you're constantly working and you're not being mindful of the fact that hustle culture is based on a man's cycle and not a woman's cycle right so i mean and so we're not supposed to actually do anything with hustle culture at all because it's detrimental to our bodies. Mm -hmm. Because it causes stress, it causes so many things because there's because for us, it's like a mountain like that. Right? Yeah, because of, you know, let's be real, because of our, our cycles, like our menstruals and all that, like, it goes like this, and then you come down and you're okay. But Yeah, so like, we kind of have this up and down between the days that there's certain things you're not going to be able to get done at a certain time of the month, because you're not going to have the energy to even do it. So like, you have to be mindful of that too. And unfortunately, you know, we've been, we've been taught not to uh, not to sync our cycles, (laughs) like with us, that a lot of us don't know how and it's like, once I started like learning about that, I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I get burnt out because you know, certain days of the month, I shouldn't really be doing anything. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be, you know, really trying to do like all this work and stuff because I don't have the energy to do it, you know. And it's like no wonder I get sick around that time, or no wonder you know I'm burnt out during that time, or stressed, and it's because yeah. we're not supposed to really do anything. We're supposed to just be and not, you know, and not force ourselves to do all this stuff. But yeah. you know, we constantly are living on a man cycle. You know, if you're in the corporate world too, or in school, or whatever, all of that is built on that, and so. Yeah, yeah self we...
1: awareness is is very yeah. important. being very in tune with who you are, what your body is saying. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. it is important, um, and it's a it's a balance that we're constantly on, and it's a mm-hmm. tough. It's tough because it's like um, you have to know when to turn certain things on.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: So I know I understand what you're saying with uh, the hustle cl- culture, uh, but like I I constantly you know promote to keep moving forward. There are times where we can't move forward, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we're moving backwards. Right. It just, it just means at that moment we're still. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we move forward again once right. the time is right. So there, there's a lot of things that can be taken differently. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly trying to um, provide clarity on what all right. these things mean. Because sometimes people only take one piece of the puzzle and say, mm-hmm. I got to do this and only this. But right. there's so many elements, just like when I'm showing them behind the scenes. You know, there's working out, there's eating well, there's getting up at a certain time. So, you know, there's it's not just this. There's this, 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 and this, and mm-hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for some people, when they realize all of that, then they decide, you know, is this for them? (laughs) Because mentally, you have to be there. Physically, you have to be there. And you just have to be able to decipher when is the right time for certain things and what your intuitive, your body is saying,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and honestly, we're never always going to get it right. I mean, you you know, I mean, and that's why we're human, right? Like we're kind of make mistakes. Like there's, you know, we're not perfect. None of us are. And so, I mean, there's going to be times where, you know, people that do cycle sync might fall off, you know, because something might be going on and they have to like, do something on a day that normally they don't do anything, right, and they try and be still. So, I mean, you know, it's not always gonna be 100% perfect anyway, But it's just, yeah, it's just the practice of being mindful and putting boundaries in place. Mm -hmm. And like, and that kind of circles back to like what you, what we were talking about earlier about, you know, like your inner circle and how you have to tell them like, Hey, this is something that's really important to me. You know, I just want your support. Even if you don't, Agree with it or you don't like it, I'd still like you to support me in some way. Yeah, and yeah. And so, you know, and and I think that that's a great thing that you put that boundary in place because a lot of people don't do that, you know. And especially if you've been like a people pleaser, like, and that was something that was really hard for me to do. And yeah. luckily, my therapist was the reason why I was able to actually like do it let's put boundaries because i would never set boundaries with people like i would just kind of just let stuff happen um and then and then i wouldn't really like to tell people no i know, you know? it's
1: it's challenge for many people yeah,
0: yeah. it's, it's just, so hard for me to tell people no especially like a lot of it's more work related like i was really bad about overworking and being a workaholic because of the fact that I wouldn't tell people no, that I wasn't going to do something because I was always afraid. Well, if I tell them no, I might lose my job, you know, or something like that because you just never know because some people will possibly fire you for telling them no. Um, And so that was like why I always had that issue of like, well, I really don't want to deal with the confrontation of what that person is gonna tell me. So that's why I would always just tell people, yeah. And then I would just do it or or whatever. And I I started like putting those boundaries in place. And yeah, like you said, like your inner circle is small. That's part of the reason why mine is small too, is because, you know, when I started putting boundaries in place, there was a lot of people that did not like it. and but that right there shows that they truly weren't there for you anyway because if they truly loved you and support you and wanted to be in your life in some way they would be understanding if you said something like hey like i'm about to do this i do want your support if they don't want to support you then it's almost like well why are we friends or why are we even acquainted if you're just gonna you know, constantly saying negative things about what I'm trying to do. Now, obviously, depending on what you're doing, you know, if it's something illegal or something like that, then yes. I mean, your friend has every right to tell you something, but you know, but normal things, you know, everybody just wants some type of validation. And I get, we also say, Hey, you know, like, I don't care what people think and stuff, but when it comes to our inner circle, it's a lot different. And it's a lot harder um, between that and like your family when you don't get that validation from the people that you truly care about. That makes it a lot harder (laughs) because, you know, because that's the people that you really care about and you know obviously extremely well. And and so it's a lot harder for you when they don't accept what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody out there that has that issue i i totally get where you're coming from i've had that and it gets better because you don't and, and i know some people think this is wrong but you can choose your family right you can choose the people that truly support you even though somebody possibly gave birth to you, that mm-hmm. doesn't truly make them family if they don't support you. Because family supports each other.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, that might be the family that you were born into, but it's not the family that you choose. Right? Like, it's that's the family that you you were born to, but you can choose another family you can choose your own circle your own tribe your own community you can do all of that you don't have to automatically you know be involved with your family i know that's rough but you don't have to you can choose to walk away from all of that if they're not supportive you know and
1: and you know what i I agree with that, you know, there's mm-hmm. some, there's some things in life where if you really feel passionate about it and you see yourself that as that's your future, then yeah. it's on you to get you where you need to be.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, you know,
1: there's some people, it's just an emotional thing that's holding mm-hmm. And then it's you yourself that emotionally has to understand that not everyone will be on the same page. And right. there's some people who are physically holding you back, whether it's financially or, mm-hmm. you know, other things. Right. And that that's a little bit more challenging. But what if it's like emotional support or verbal support? Mm-hmm there will be other people who will understand you. Right. And it's about accepting that there are other people who will understand you and mm-hmm. that you're not alone. Right. Because even when I share some of the things that I share, uh, you, you know, I do have people who do support, um, but when I am on a track by myself, I, like not knowing anyone, it's lonely in the beginning, mm-hmm. but I know what I'm there for. And eventually the right people will gravitate to me And then those will be the people who will be able to learn from each other. And those Mm -hmm. are the people that I'm going to grow from in this community. So that's something that I've always kind of kept my mind open about, is that no matter how difficult it is in the beginning, it will get better if you keep pushing in something in the direction that you believe in.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Like. Honestly, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Well, (laughs) because it's like, yeah, because the thing is, I mean, it's not something that's really talked about in depth, you know. And then, especially on the motorsport side, and I actually did a podcast episode. I had looked up like the statistics of like mental health when it comes to women in motorsports, and the numbers are alarming. Like it, it. of how, like how bad mental health is for some of these women. And that like is what really made me like really want to like talk about it because it's like that, you know, mental health, it's getting better when it comes to the taboo of mental health. But even so there's still, there's still a lot of communities, especially people of color, we tend to be the ones that really don't talk about mental health. Um, you know, it, it, it's really hard, especially if you come from families of immigrants, you know. I, I don't know what it is, but it's like our families just tend to not believe in mental health, you know. So
1: it, it's always interesting, if you don't mind, like you, mm. you mentioned about um, immigrants. So my parents are Filipino um, and I, I I was born in the Philippines. I oh, okay. Came, I came here when I was one. And they came here to, you know, as immigrants say, give Mm -hmm. their children a better life. So I take that to heart, Mm -hmm. you know? I always remind myself that, you know, had my parents stayed in the Philippines, what would my opportunities be versus here? So I don't take things for granted. So if there is any opportunity, I'm like jumping at it because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am here for a reason. My parents brought me here so that I could do whatever it is to Mm -hmm. make them proud, make myself proud. Um, And really and truly, it's it's almost like pushing that dream because there's no better time than now and there's no opportunity than where I am at this point. Um, And if you're capable, you're capable and you do it if you really want to. Mm -hmm. And with mental health, um, so uh, growing up, I was an only ch- like I am an only child. I said, oh, "Okay." Up, uh, but <laughs> I did have cousins, so they were right. kind of like uh, siblings to me uh, later on in life. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning stages of my life, I was that's why I'm used to being alone. I guess right. Like, um, I always had to find a way to amuse myself, or if I was in a group of people, usually they already had groups of friends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have to find my way in and see who. I can connect with. But a lot of times it was just me enjoying the environment and I learned how to enjoy things myself and to enjoy my own company. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do go through anxiety which people don't lo- talk too much about right is i have anxiety about um new environments
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and uh, new people and something that i've never done before or been to right so uh, as an example and i'm open about it because i love how sometimes i share these little things and someone else will say oh that's me mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't know if you've ever experienced this all if i'm gonna go to an event i always scout out um the layout and
0: the
2: parking I do that too
0: (laughs) oh my god I thought that that was so weird I'm so glad there's somebody else that does that
1: I shared that, and you don't know how many people messaged me afterwards, and that's why I do it because I want people to know that this is normal. <laughs> so I, 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 there's this one track that I, I recently been going to more often now, but the first time I was going to it, mm-hmm. I was unfamiliar. It was even a place I've never been. So the first thing I did was look at the track, look at where the general parking is, and I found out there's actually two separate areas. Then I got a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, what if I park in the wrong area and then (laughs) and then and then i started looking up so i'm actually really i do a lot of research and i'm really strategic Mm -hmm. so but i'm for me, this prepares me to mentally prepare myself for some um, right. very uh, social environments. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I like to say I'm an introvert extrovert.
0: So, I'm the same way.
1: Right? I, <laughs> because I can see like, as we're talking, there's a lot of things that like, we can relate to. And yeah. you, are, you are very social with the right people. Right. I feel like that's what introvert extrovert people are. Mm-hmm. It's that you shine with the right people. Yeah. And then in other environments, you're okay to be by yourself. And I mm-hmm. think that's actually empowering, empowering that you can be comfortable within your own skin. Right. In somewhere and not feel alone because I can Mm -hmm. be in a crowd of people not know anyone, but I actually don't feel alone because I'm happy with myself. I'm there to enjoy whatever it is. So back to the track, um, maybe like four events that I've been to at this particular track. And they all had different layouts depending on the event. So I was having a little bit of anxiety at first. And I'm like, where am I going to park? What if I park in the wrong area? What if I'm suddenly with a group of people who are part of the event? Um, So eventually, you know, going there and pushing myself to go there more often Mm -hmm. so that i can be comfortable again just showing up and being present um in those events and being able to observe and remind myself why i'm doing it and then along the way people seeing you know sometimes i post videos and sometimes i share things they realize why i'm there and then they're supportive and say hello here and there so i've met a lot of people um at that location as well but social anxiety and i think people think that I'm so brave whenever (laughs) I go to these events and they're like, who are you with? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. what are you doing here? And what they don't realize is the amount of work I had to do within myself to get myself there. Mm -hmm. But then once I get there, there's like no turning back it's that no excuses thing it's like mm-hmm. i turn around now even though it's uncomfortable no i'm going to stay here because i decided today i was going to be here for x <laughs> amount of hours and then you push through and then each time just gets easier so that's what I tell some people who are like, wow, you're so brave to go to that event and you're just by yourself. There's like thousands of people there. And you mm. don't know anyone? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know anyone. I, I walk around with, and you should see, I have this like 360 camera and it's like this big thing that's up in the air and it is the most in your face thing. And for someone who's so introverted and by themselves and like walking around with this big stick that everyone's looking at, <laughs> it, it, is, it is a moment where you're like, what am I doing? But at the same time, I'm like, no you know what you're doing. You just have to keep going at it. But uh, I I like to be transparent about that because people think that wow, like you have so much confidence but really and truly it's taken time to build that mm-hmm. and I constantly still work on myself. It's not overnight and every time I do something new, I really have to take the time to talk myself through it and prepare myself mentally, emotionally, physically and then once I get to that event, I'm my extroverted itself. I talk to people who gravitate to me. And then usually the people who do gravitate, we have the same energy like you and I. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and um, yeah, I think it's great that other people are like other people are quiet about it. But then when I say it and I realize there's so many other people like me, it's something that has to be talked about, you know?
0: Yeah, no. And I, I agree with you. And it's, it's funny that you said that, yeah. you're, that you're Filipino because so my mom is Palawan. <laughs> Oh, so, oh, yeah. So, um, but I mean, my, my mom, like she didn't, immig- she wasn't an immigrant or whatever. Um, my, it's my great grandparents that, um, they like, they immer, they immigrated. Um, but the family had like moved from Palau like a long time ago and they just kind of like started migrating like all the way to the state. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, so, I mean, but, Coming from, you know, a family of immigrants and obviously, you know, being part Asian but was not exposed to the Asian culture or, you know, because my family assimilated so long ago that it was never talked about. Like, I didn't even know until I did a DNA test. Um, (laughs) So, so so for, you know, for that, it's like, I totally get like the whole thing about you know, opportunity and like, you know, because obviously our families came here for a reason, you know, they came here for a better, for a better life and a better opportunity. And it's like, you know, and that's why, like I did the DNA test, like my, my parents thought it was weird that I wanted to get it done. And I'm like, you don't want to know like about where our family comes from. Like I want to know because that was one thing that always sucked in school was that my family tree, there wasn't much of one because my parents didn't really know a lot about their families. So, you know, they could only go so far back and then it was like, that was it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, don't you want to know like where we come from and like, you know, maybe who we're related to but we just never knew that we were related to them you know and so that's why i did it and i'm so glad i did because i learned so much about our family (laughs) and also the fact that i'm the fact that our family, like we literally are you know asian we have no idea we're not told this like i never knew that you know that that was a part of my culture and i'm like you know because I was just raised as a black woman because, you know, my my dad's black and that's fine. You know, I get that, but it's like knowing about our family. And that was something that my grandmother always told me. She said, you need to learn about our culture. You need to learn about who we are, but I never understood it as a kid. I just knew what my grandmother told me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a DNA test. Like it hit me like during COVID. I don't know why, but I'm like, I need to take a DNA test because I'm like, I remembered what she told me. She's like, I want you to learn about our family and our culture. Well, then I take the DNA test and I am seeing, I'm seeing everything. And I'm like, this is why she told me that because she was trying to pretty much explain to me, but in a roundabout way Mm -hmm. that you're way more than what you think you are. Mm -hmm. And so it's like when, when I went through everything, it's like, oh, well, this makes sense. Mm. She was trying to tell me that I need to get in touch with my Asian heritage because we, we assimilated and that was not a thing. Nobody ever talked about it. Some, some, nobody even knew, like my mom didn't know, like she still doesn't know. I haven't talked to her about it. but. Yeah, like that's But to know that it it makes me happy to know because it's like my grandmother never had a chance to go to go back, like, you know, to go to go see the Philippines or go see Palau or anything like she's never been. You know, my mom has never been. I don't I want to end that with me. Right. Like I want to go and I want to be able to, you know, experience. Yeah where our family comes from like i don't you know like i want to be in touch with our roots and so yeah, yeah. No,
1: absolutely absolutely and I'm, I'm glad that you were able to dig deeper into who you are you know yeah it kind of puts the pieces to the buz- puzzle
0: yeah it it all makes sense now though because like there was even certain like certain things <laughs> that we would do like during our childhood, like it's certain, like just certain traditions and things like that. And it's like, I was able to actually put a lot of it together. And I'm like, Oh, this is why we would do this. Or this is why we would do that. Because it was a part of our heritage. And I just didn't know, you know, because I mean, when you're a kid, you don't pay attention to any of that. Um, But but yeah, so it's like, I started to put a lot of stuff together but also it makes me feel like i don't have an identity crisis anymore because i grew up with an identity crisis all the time because it's like you look at my mom and you just know that she's like she's not black like you know like you you know you can tell that she has to have something else in her mm-hmm. like and people would constantly ask myself and my sisters all the time and they'd be like what are you like are you mixed or are you what you know like and to constantly have to just say no i'm black like that's it and then people constantly come you know pretty much start getting mad at you because they're like no you can't be you don't even look at it like you're you have to be something else and, or then you just say it's complicated <laughs> it's like because you know because with my mom and my dad like they're they're very mixed people right. so it's a lot like it's a lot like it's a lot put together because when i look like i don't even have like half and half of anything like the biggest <laughs> amount i have is like 25% of something and then it's like all these random yeah. things after so yeah. Yeah. So like, it's a lot. And so when you have to put, like, I'm literally having to calculate my ancestry in a way, because it's like, it was like 25% here, 10% here, 2% here, nothing was like 50 or anything close to that. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm literally gonna have to like, figure this up. Like I'm having to be like, oh, so I am this much percentage of this, and yeah, it oh, yeah, so it's nice. it's complicated. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, but it was, it, but but at the same time, it was like I'm glad I did it because I'm actually able to know more about my family, and then I've also uh, found like cousins that I didn't know about. Um, and so, you know, being able to connect with family members that I didn't know, um, because I was able to go on ancestry and find that information, you know? So yeah, so for me, like it was worth it because now I know I have family all over the world, you know, and Mm -hmm. if I truly wanted to reach out to them and possibly meet them, you know, I, I have a way of possibly doing that, you know, if they would want to, but yeah. you know, but yeah, it, it's just it's just neat that I was able to, you know, do, get all of that from a DNA test,
1: so. Yeah, 100%. No, yeah. it's, uh, you know, like, while I, I do know my where my parents are from. Mm-hmm. Um, piecing puzzles as to like why are you why do you have interest in this or why do you gravitate to this Mm -hmm. i'm constantly trying to understand things about myself and like you said with it helped with your you know identity crisis so you know prior to many like many many years ago i i got into photography and there was something about being like so interested in the visual things and Mm -hmm. um you know, capturing a moment. And I would later find out that when I was like a year old, my dad took on photography, uh, the old Nikon camera, and I was looking through the photos and I saw just how passionate he was about it at the time. And sometimes it's those little things that you start piecing together, like who you are and where it came from. And even sometimes, even though I know that I only got into racing, you know, not too long ago, I knew that i've always loved cars and i knew i always loved driving and while that's not racing it's just driving there was always these little things like little snippets of my life that were like pieces to the puzzle um you know i would go to car events and stuff and there was always something about it that i would get this feeling it wasn't just a mm-hmm. admiring it from afar it was almost like these little butterflies and tingles um th- whether it's a sound or the look of a certain car and I didn't know what that would lead to. I thought it was just, you know, you just like something. But then I'm realizing more and more that that was more of like, that was going to become an obsession. (laughs) And then that obsession would lead into how can I put myself in place now to make that become something. And then I realized being behind the wheel really fast on a track is actually where that was all coming down to
0: yeah um it's funny what we get from our parents like it's not just looks it's not you know just that it's also we do sometimes pick up certain interests that our parents either might have started but then they drop because they became parents and they're just like you know i don't have time for that anymore you know or it it could just be something that's just like heavily ingrained in their dna right or something and you know and and you just end up you know having some of those interests and and I I actually you know um my dad is like the really artistic one out of my parents you know my dad's a DJ so he he's done that forever he's done that for over 30 years and then on top of that he has his own record company he you know he does like audio engineering sound all of that you know lighting all of that stuff he used to do that like he used to travel and do that like for yeah. Artists, you know, like big artists like Brian McKnight, Voice to Men, yeah. like he did all of that. He would do like their stage and lighting and stuff for a while, and um and that's how my parents met. Was my dad was a DJ at a club that my mom used to go to, <laughs> and that's how they met. Like so, music and um and like stage and lighting and design, you know, design like theatrics. My dad is huge into, and so. I got into that as a kid. I was a theater kid, you know, because being around all of that, you know, my dad was really that influence. And then also he's an amazing painter. Um, Most of the most of the paintings that are in my parents house is all stuff that my dad created. And so like I took art classes and and stuff in school, like even up in up into college, I took art classes and stuff. And I mean I still draw now, but like I haven't drawn in forever. And I beat myself up about it because I used to draw all the time. Um but yeah, um I got, you know, I got that from him and my mom, my mom loves photography. So like I I have, you know, I have a camera. I don't use it very often, but like that but yeah, like so I, I noticed there are certain things that I did pick up from them that like they were either interested in or or they like to do. And my dad is an owner. Like he loves, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, things like that. And obviously Star Wars. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 So I mean, and my husband actually luckily he's into all of that too. So that made it so much better, you know, because you know he can't make fun of me for it because he <laughs> likes it too, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that anime, I love anime. I love all that <laughs> stuff too. So it's like, that's one thing he can't get into though. Like he doesn't <laughs> get into anime. I, I can't break him into that yet. I, I've always wanted to, but I can't That's not. Well,
1: everyone has their interests, yeah. right? You know, <laughs> yeah. whether it's music or it's shows, like everyone has their own thing. I. It's funny because because like, I am into photography. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't do it for clients now. but right. Back then, and but I always got inspiration from movies. Um mm-hmm. So, funny enough, horror movies are the best mm-hmm. inspiration. Uh, just because the way that like they set the mood with lighting. So I've always oh, okay. I've always admired that and the way that they set the tone. Because can you imagine one photo? you know you can set the mood with one photo um Mm -hmm. you know you can almost feel uh the emotions you can feel the energy and horror movies tend to do that yeah they do fascinated by that by the cinematography of that and the sound and the just a l- everything about it because there mm-hmm. was so much more that you had to put effort into to try to get people to either get excited or get scared by and I learned those little things and I've always been like attentive to these little details and I feel like that i can apply that to everything else so mm-hmm. I, i'm very aware of everything yeah. so anything that i can apply to what i know or what i'm doing now i'm always trying to find ways to to uh pick little pieces and where can i bring that just like the drifting
2: um mm-hmm.
1: even though like my ultimate goal you know formula woman um gd cup or endurance right. racing i feel like anything that i've done prior um, whether it's you know drifting or sim and uh, karting there's something from all of those pieces that i can apply to the the bigger track so i I find that it's really important for for even others to recognize that when they're like oh my gosh i'm not in this stage of my life yet because you need to pick the pieces and then Mm -hmm. you bring it over there right yeah it all comes to play it's recognizing it
0: right yeah everything comes together it's like you know um obviously when we start our journeys as kids right we're like we're sponges right we pick up on every little thing but then eventually like when we get older and stuff some of that stuff tends to go away right or and we pick up new stuff and yeah and so it's like but once we become adults it's like we kind of have to like take all those pieces and put it together right And then it's like, okay, am I keeping any of this stuff or am I going to keep moving? Like, because obviously, like, like, like we've been talking about, like, we want to keep moving forward. But -hmm. that also means, that also means we have to constantly grow as people, which means we can't, we have to always learn. Right. Like, we can't, we can't just stay where we are. So we have to be willing to always improve on ourselves and, you know, take risks on ourselves. And if we don't do that, then that's when we kind of, That's when we just stay dormant and we don't really do anything, but yeah, in order to keep moving forward, you have to be constantly willing to like learn. Um, and sometimes as an adult, yeah, most of us are like, we don't want to like learn new things, right? But I mean, we kind of have to if we want to be able to stick with the times, right? Especially like the older that we get. I mean, hate to say it, but like, you know, people always hate on boomers and stuff because you know, you know, because a lot of them like don't want to learn like new things. And I get that. And trust me, like I kind of understand where they're coming from because I mean, I'm not that old, but there are some things I'm like, oh, do I really want to learn how to like do a TikTok? Do I really want to do, do I really want to learn how to do like, you know, certain things? And I'm like, do I really want to do that? Like, I don't. I don't know if I really want to do that. Right. But you know, things like that. And so it's like, I totally get now kind of like where they're coming from, because it's like, when do you like stop learning certain things? Like, do you want to just constantly be trying to keep up with the times? Or do you want to just like possibly just be and just be okay with whatever, you know, whatever you know? And so it's a it's a weird thing like it's like it's almost like a constant light tit for tat thing like you don't really know like where you want to stop right yeah it's a dance it's it's a dance
1: um you know even though like with keep moving forward i always Mm -hmm. say to reflect you know every day i take a moment to reflect gratitude is important um those are two Mm -hmm. things You know, that alone will not get you far, but it will keep you humble. It will keep Mm -hmm. you going because in those moments you realize just how far you've come. Right. So, you know, I constantly push out gratitude and, and reflection because there's times where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm only here, but then like mm-hmm. look how far you've come and, you know, or a challenging situation like having mental breakdowns or having oh um, social anxiety. Um, maybe you couldn't get out the car at the, the event and you wanted to cry, but <laughs> then you look back at the other events that you did and you're like, if you didn't get out the car, right. would you have experienced all those things that you did? And then suddenly that reflection is just like, you did it last time, you can do it again. Mm-hmm. And so it's that reflection and the gratitude is just so important process. And there's no um, point A, B, C, D, E for you to do a formula and you're gonna achieve your dream, mm-hmm. but it's like you said, it's, it's, it's a dance. You are going mm-hmm. back and forth uh, and just knowing what's right for you at that time and, and understanding how you're going to react to something or how you would best at, at what pace is best for you.
0: Right. Yeah. And like, like we said, like all of this pretty much comes full circle, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Because once you, once you show gratitude and you reflect on everything, it's like when you finally see how far you've come, it's like, okay, well I could do all that. Why not more? And yeah. I mean, right now you are living proof of that like, <laughs> because you know, you went on formula woman already in, in sure, you didn't make it to the UK, but you're like, you know what, I'm going to go out there again in April, and I'm going to make sure that I, you know, that I get on it. Like, you know, you're, you're motivated to do that. And, And that's what I love about your story is that like, you didn't let that, you know, be the end all be all like, it actually motivated you to keep you know, keep racing so you'll be prepared for the next you know the next competition and so no like I love that and I wish you all the best I and I and I hope you get it and you get to go to the UK and you take all the pictures you know and and post it all over Instagram because now now you can become like a travel influencer because like you know you're gonna have like all these beautiful pictures and stuff because I mean obviously you you know you did photography so they're gonna look great (laughs) <laughs> and so, you know, people are going to see exactly, you know, what, what you can do with a camera. So Thank you. I appreciate
1: that so much. And the opportunity to talk to you and be able to share all of this, um, just having another way to express it and share it with, like, another group of people who may not know me already. Um, it, it's, it's, I really appreciate it because really my ultimate goal is to impact someone else's life while I'm working on myself
0: right oh and and you're welcome and i'm so glad that you took the opportunity to come on you know um you know when i reached out to you i was hoping that you you know you'd want to because yeah because i love i love all your content and so i was like you know i think you know that other people should be able to have that chance to you know hear you know hear your story you know just in a different way you know
1: And hopefully everyone will be comfortable to, you know, go in the parking lot and get out the parking lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. And obviously, um, guys, all of Grace's contact, you know, information is going to be down there. So like, you know, her Instagram and, you know, where you guys can find her. Um, and, and yeah, so, um, thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. And, uh, and i'm i'm hoping you know what after, after you compete in formula woman i definitely want to have you back on so you can yeah, talk about <laughs> talk about that experience that you had and and who knows like, you might be like you might be on you know the team with jody and alicia oh and God. stuff
1: that would that would be a dream. I'm I'm working as hard as possible to get myself as far as I possibly can. So I would love to do kind of like this is where I'm at now, and let's talk about that process. So that would be amazing.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, that is it. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Grace. Um, she was so lovely to talk to, you and um. Just being able to talk about more of the mindset and like self development side of motorsport was was awesome for me too because obviously that put me right in my element. So, um, thanks again to Grace and like I mentioned, I will uh, link everything um, in the show notes. And also I will be linking some other resources as well. So, um, the video by Jules Acree that I mentioned, uh, will be in the show notes as well. And then also, um, I will have a, I will have a link, um, on cycle syncing since we had, uh, talked about that as well. Um, and if you guys, uh, want, me to go further into detail about cycle syncing, I can always do that in either like a YouTube video or, um, or I could do a podcast episode about it because I will have more solo episodes coming up between now and the end of the year. So, um, I can always do uh, a podcast episode about it as well. So, um, but yeah, guys, so I hope you really enjoyed this and. Also, don't forget that if you are a VIP, which means you are subscribed to newsletter or you follow the podcast on whatever, whatever platform you listen to podcasts, um, you get access to the podcast the night before. So that means this episode came out on Monday night and for everybody else, it didn't, they didn't get to listen to it until Tuesday. So you guys, and especially with, um, our VIP, um, newsletter receivers, you also get way more things that I talk about in there that nobody else gets to know about. So you get exclusive content, um, that nobody gets to know about. And, and I mean, why not? It's free. So, yeah, I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. So uh, that is it, guys, for me until until Wednesday night. If you're VIP or Thursday, Um, take care and go out and manifest your best life.